0: Nicola, Hi, Thor. welcome to the Hippie Hut.
1: Thank you, I'm glad to be here.
0: So the deal here is we have a coaching conversation, assuming you're up for it, and uh, we just see what happens. And if after half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever we end up doing, you decide you don't want your episode, as it were, or your session to be shared, then I don't share it. Um, and yeah, that, that's it, really. So it's just really a coaching call, with the option to become part of the yep. podcast series.
1: I'm also sure? vulnerability, and you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it does depend where it goes, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, what might you like to bring to the hippie hut? Um,
1: so. I feel that my business is failing and it's been three years in the making and it should be doing better by now. And it feels like it's gone worse and a bit downhill. And I'm getting in my own way.
0: You're getting in your own way.
1: Yeah. I get um because I'm trained as a life coach first and then a lifestyle coach and also a breathwork coach more recently. So I kind of have shiny object syndrome thing going on. So I I find a new modality that I stick to and I love because I walk my talk all the time and then put it out to the world. And I get a bit lost and I put out offerings and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And when they don't work, I, I'm very quick to go, oh, that didn't work, that failed, and then try something else. And I think I'm very inconsistent with what I offer clear to what i offer people
0: go on then what what do you offer like give just give me the the offering what is it
1: so so what i say i want to help people with is um i tend to work more with women but i have recently taken men into the mix because i do ice bath immersion workshops and that type of stuff so a lot of men are interested in that as well Um, what i say i want to help with is to help people find freedom amongst all the noise to stop living who they should into expectations, that type of thing. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the message I put out there, but it's in what modality of, you know, is it work? Is it life coaching? Is it all the things? Is it, you know, I do retreats. I do workshops. I do um, coaching sessions, breathwork sessions. And I think I just confuse my audience by putting so much stuff out there sometimes. Who's Nicola then? Ah, uh, you see, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I I think I have become guilty of absorbing myself into the business, um, and I everything I do, I do from a place of how can I serve, how can I help, how can I take this to someone else, how can I help people feel. My background, obviously, was like majorly stress, anxiety. Um, Perfectionism and people pleasing. And I've made my life a lot more stress free and free and just feeling more freedom within my life and live more naturally with nature's rhythms and all that kind of stuff. And I want to help people do that. But it's like, yeah, it comes back to this who is Nicola? That's interesting. (laughs) Nicola's maybe got a little bit lost in her own
0: business. Nicola's lost. Where, where was Nicola when she founded this?
1: On Benahy. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of a background. Um, I used to go to Benahy after my second marriage ended. I, I took to Benahy every day at five o'clock in the morning, every day for five years, um, just in that soul searching, finding myself kind of place. Um because before that, I was a piece of everyone I've ever met in that people-pleasing kind of way. So mm. I I think that could be, yeah, who am I? <laughs> Take the business side out of it. It's like, who would I be without the business?
0: And I don't know. Five years?
1: Yeah.
0: You were on Ben He every day?
1: In the dark, in the snow, in thunderstorms, in rain, in wind, nothing stopped me.
0: That's quite an apprenticeship for living while.
1: What <laughs> for it? People knew me for it. I was a barber full time at the time. Yeah. So I did that for 30 years. And the first question, every single person that came into the room said, have you been up the hill today? Of course I have. Of course I have. That's became a part of my identity.
0: So you were a barber at the time. Yes. And you took to the hills. Mhm. I'm personal share with your permission. Of course. I just had, had this idea a few years ago now which I didn't do anything with. I just had this idea. I was like wouldn't it be amazing if you went to the barber and your barber was a trained coach? Because you chat to your barber. Well, in my experience, you chat to your barber and you tell them things, all kinds of things. You well, with my barber, you might chat about I don't know your relationship, or it could be it could get pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, barbers don't get training in coaching skills. But I just always wondered if it might be rather cool to combine the two. So you have that combination of skills.
1: I do. And I did coach my clients all the time, even when they didn't ask to be coached. They got coached, so they got a great haircut and they got <laughs> coached at the same time.
0: How did it go down?
1: It went quite well, actually. I, I was I was um, very successful in what I did, and I had a room by myself, so people did open up a lot about a lot of stuff um, often. But the the repetitive strain on the body and that type of side of the barbering became quite monotonous for me. Um, once I knew about natural body movements and how, we, how our body wanted to work, the barbering didn't really align with that. So in lockdown, because I had been forced to give it up, it then made me actually give it up full time because I didn't want to go back. It gave me that breakaway from it. My body loved it. And I just thought I can't do it. So I then went on to study to be a life coach to get the actual certification because I, I attended a life coach for almost 10 years on and off. Um, so I, that changed my life. And I knew that I wanted to help change people's lives because living the way I lived with all the anger, the fear, the anxiety, the judgment, the comparison, I didn't want to live like that. And I don't want others to live like that. That's kind of where that comes from. So yeah, the barbering, I kept it up a little and then it eventually I took it home to my house and then did it from the garage. Um, my partner helped me set up my barbering um corner in his garage. And then it gradually fell by the wayside. Cause I, I don't, I don't it doesn't serve me anymore. So that did go by the wayside but actually I did think I heard during COVID that they trained they started to train barbers um as coaches because people would actually speak so give barbers the skill to actually hold that space well for people when they were struggling because mental health obviously is is a big thing.
0: So what I've got in answer to my question, who is Nicola? is that you are a trained barber and you're this lady of the hills, the Benahy lady <laughs> who lived this Wild Apprenticeship. There's more to you than that, though. Who else is Nicola?
1: Mm. Yeah. I said I found myself on the hill. Um, And actually asking me that question makes me think, did I? In that not doubting it, but who did I find on that hill? Because this question I'm actually finding really difficult. (laughs) I'm trying to struggle. I'm really finding it difficult to answer that question of who what else? Who else? I love to be of service. I love to be in nature. I love holding space. I love to see people grow. That doesn't feel like that's the answer. <laughs> that feels like that's quite surface stuff of that's what I do, but that is is that who I am in here? Mm. I don't think I know. Not fully. A good question, Thor. <laughs>
0: So you said it was like a difficult question or a tough question. If I was going to ask you the right question, I'm not saying the easy question, but if I was going to ask the right question.
1: What's your purpose? Maybe I can answer that, you know, I feel I want to live in alignment with nature and myself and connection and community. I feel we've lost a lot of community and how we used to live. Um, and I feel that a lot. I work from home. So if I don't have clients or I'm booked with anything, I'm at home a lot all day myself. So mm-hmm. I've opened up my home in the last week just to say if anybody's a sort of self-employed business owner. Do they want to come and sit by the fire outside? I've got a fire pit in a in a circle of um in nature. Do you want to come and just shoot the shit if you like? <laughs> and uh, come and speak about it. And let's just kind of get community coming together. So purpose-wise, I feel that I know my purpose. My purpose is to help others. Definitely feel that peace, find a bit more peace, find inner peace. I'm a nature, I'm a nature love. um, In fact, I was going to say I love nature, but I don't feel we're separate from nature. I think we are nature, but we've forgotten our roots and who we are and how connected we can be. And it's finding that inner peace.
0: So is that what you want, in a peace?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Inner freedom, inner peace, yeah, from anxiety and stress.
0: Is that not a trick question, but it's just a question that occurs to me. Is that what your business is giving you?
1: <laughs> Interestingly, this came off at the weekend with my partner. Um, and no. Because I feel, because it's not making a lot of money, I feel that I'm not productive unless I'm sitting in front of this screen doing something. Whether that's Hmm. content, sending emails, getting people interested in my stuff, but it's not what I enjoy. It's not what lights me up. The being with people, the doing the stuff with the people, taking people on walks on Benaheim, which I started up doing as well. I love that stuff, but I don't do it very often because I wasn't getting the interest. So... I gave it up and just now sit in solitude um, and in truth, loneliness, and sit in front of a computer. So that, no, it's not. No, it's not giving me inner peace.
0: Mm. It's raining. That's one thing about nature. Got to take the rough and the smooth. Dismiss- <laughs> I just looked out the window, it's hammering now.
1: Yeah, there's been like that here all morning. Because I, I like to start my day outside in in my circle. um. Yeah. And I went outside this morning and thought, nope, <laughs> it's far too cold. I'm coming back inside. Because <laughs> I like to do everything in bare feet. So I was outside mm-hmm. in the bare feet. And, um, but yeah, it was a little bit too cold. I stayed out for a little bit, but not long. Yeah, Scotland.
0: What does Nicola actually want? Like, if we could wave a magic wand on this call. What
1: do you want? I would love um, to <laughs> live off-grid without the trappings of modern society and be able to do what I want when I want. And if I wanted to serve because I had a good idea, I'd love to be able to just do it when I felt like it, not for the pressure of doing it because we need the money to keep the roof over our head. Um, which is a place we've gotten to in the last few years, a financially difficult place right now. So that kind of rules my life right now, but I'm taking steps to action that at the moment. But um, yeah, because if I if I lived in a camper of say and didn't have a house, how often would I work and what work would I do? Because I wouldn't have much bills to pay. I would run retreats and things when I felt like it because I wanted to, you know, rather than just, I have to do something every weekend. I have to put on a nice bath this week. Can I walk this week and some forest bathing this week? And coming from that place of lack, I would do what I did. I'd still do the stuff and connect people and hold space and all that stuff. But I would be doing it from a place of authenticity because I'm doing it because I want to, hmm. not doing it because I feel I have to. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So you feel you have to take the actions you're taking so for example sitting your words unless i misheard you sitting lonely and without community in front of a computer screen is that yeah you feel you have to do that
1: it did yeah it's it's been a bit of an aha moment over the last week of realization a little bit with that already thinking what how did that happen how did they go from a socially equipped barber speaking to people all day every day which could be draining at times too because it was a lot of people but to sitting at home looking at a screen all day thinking that I'm being productive in my business when in fact if I just walked outside and tended the vegetables in the garden or took some breaths or just went for a walk I'd probably be more productive doing that than I would be actually sitting staring at a screen trying to think of content and things to write and how to attract people so yeah if someone came to me and said they did that every day, I would be asking the same sort of questions and going, Are you happy? How do you feel? Are you stressed? You know, it's like, What?
0: <laughs> well, so, well, my question is, What's the difference other than the type of RSI, other than the type of repetitive strain injury? Maybe it's more wrist and less, I don't know, back. If you're between barbering and what you're doing now, like, what's the fundamental difference? What I'm seeing is, You've got less sociability now and possibly less revenue. I don't know. I that's none of my business, but it sounded like you were a busy barber, so you were probably doing okay. So mm-hmm. you've you've got the previous experience, you're obviously good at that, and you were coaching people, pre-training, but you were coaching people, and now you're still looking to coach people, but you're spending time on a screen remotely without access to actual human beings. Of course, we can connect through screens. I get it. But it is different face-to-face. We both know that. So I'm not in any way suggesting you go back to barbering, but I'm thinking it's a bit like the old marketer's false dichotomy. You know, you can have my car in red or blue. Well, no, Mr. Marketer, I can go down the street and buy a whole different type of car, or I can go and buy a bike, or I can build a car and get a horse. Like There's all kinds of options. What if there's a third option? rather than that, either of the two that you've explored.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, love a, I would love a steady income. Um, you know, even a job of some kind, I did think about could I volunteer somewhere or do something to get social activity to get that connection? Because barbering has been an issue of, should I go back because we need the money? But my body screams at me and goes, no, don't do mm. that. Um, I mean I live a ground seated lifestyle I'm sitting on the ground now and I sit on the ground wherever I go now I try not to sit in chairs and stuff because I just I've learned a lot about natural movement in the body so barbering would be against all of that stuff I've now learned but it's at that point when I think what's the option so as you're saying what's what's a third possible option is look for a job part-time so I can still do my stuff on the side um, that gets me into community but is also wellness based So I can sort of shine my light somehow.
0: Um, I've got an idea. Okay, let's let's do a brainstorm, right? And the way you win in this brainstorm is you have the most radical idea. Okay, (laughs) so there'll be there may or may not be the seeds of something useful in this, but worst case scenario, we'll spend a few minutes and probably end up having a laugh because we're going to come out with outrageous stuff, right? So yeah, no but no one gets to be wrong. Neither of us get to shoot down the other one's ideas. I will go first okay example are you ready yes I think Nicola should buy a barbers and then insist that all her barbers that work for her she only barbers as much as she wants because she's more about the marketing of it and having fun and sociability and welcoming people into this beautiful space that has an indoor garden and all the barbers are naked and everyone has to be naked and in the nude and natural when they get their haircut and they have to sit on the ground on the turf on the ground, in the garden, and everyone's naked and they've got beautiful music playing and people get to have magic mushroom tea when they come in before they get their hair cut, not to freak down the fact that their genitals are on display. And in fact, thinking on it, they could get the hair on their whole body, could be trimmed to whatever requirement they wish. There you go. Here's idea number one. Your go.
1: <laughs> that is a, oh, is it a good idea. Parts of, parts of that, I'm like, yeah, actually. Actually, it made me think of, okay, so get something to do with barbering, because I know the industry very well. And I know that barbers do not look after themselves bodily-wise, time-wise, boundary-wise, and somehow create a space where I can help them manage their time, their clients, all those things better. I imagine the close-off thing would attract the wrong type of client, perhaps, sometimes. (laughs) but uh but uh, definitely nature-based even ground-based can you cut hair sitting on the ground i have never actually tried it
0: well it's got to be worth a try and it would be quite a good laugh I mean, I'd be up for trying it at some point if you can't find some other volunteer, but I'm I'm pretty sure somebody up for it. But what you've done there is lovely. You did the yes and and you built w- with my idea. But I'm asking you, you have to come up with your own ideas in a brainstorm. And you've got to beat me in wildness, remember? So I thought I'd throw <laughs> a tough, a tough ball to begin with. That was a tough one to beat, but go for it.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. It a completely different <laughs> idea. It doesn't have to be anything to do with barbering. That was just the way I went. But when you
1: started to say it, my brain did go, oh, okay, that's an industry I hadn't considered, but an industry I I could add value to. However, okay, okay, what can I do? Um, I could lead all the people I know who are wellness workers, light workers, healers, into working more efficiently, working better, working together, rather than the separation and competition there seems to be around that industry all the time in a space that is in nature and interestingly I'm thinking that's what I'm trying to create (laughs) by doing this fireside chats I've just opened up to say you know if you're in that industry come to my house because I have no car well my partner is at work so come to me although I'm doing that as a donation based that's not a job per se but sometimes think about you know Wellness people don't price themselves well because we give ourselves a we give a lot for what we offer for a low price that people do or don't want to pay. But I sometimes think about you know have it on a donation based, have people just pay what they want or a tiered based offering of having people coming and even having people come in to have a bath or go and have a sleep, come to my house and go. You know what? I'm going to give you a wellness prescription. And I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to listen to what you say intuitively because I'm very good at that. Because people sometimes think they need this, but they actually need this and say, well, actually. If people come to my house and I can have them spend the day with me, two days with me, um, even or three days to get the nature effect. It takes three days to switch off from tech to really connect in with nature and yourself and have them live my lifestyle with me and show them tools to downregulate to calm to take them out into benihine or whatever um get them to eat better use less chemicals on their skin how to live in sync with circadian rhythms and all the things that i do and people pay me a lot of money to do that
0: my next idea i'm just i'm not ignoring your ideas y- you'll register the ones you like and the ones you don't like my idea remember you win the brainstorm by being uh, a bit out there. I say you move to America and get a job as a ranger in uh, wherever the park is that Yogi Bear is. Which park's that again?
1: <laughs> the Yellowstone,
0: was it? Yes. But you have <laughs> to go, I'm a park ranger. However, if that is too far to go, I'm pretty sure there are ranger jobs in Scotland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't considered that actually. Okay. Um, if I could get a job, on my favourite place, which is Benahy, looking after it somehow, being paid to, because I do this anyway, I pick up all the litter and stuff that I find and look at the maintenance and be able to check in and tell them how I want to do that, um, but be paid handsomely for that and be able to monitor the wildlife and, yeah, be the lady that walks around He and gets paid to do it.
0: I don't know whether, I mean, they must have some kind of staff, don't they? I mean, there must be people maintaining that place, isn't there? there,
1: is, there um, yeah, there is the Baileys. The Baileys run the hill. Um, well, they look after, they are in the best interest of all the landowners. Because I, when I started taking people up Benahy for money, I got a whole load of hassle from people. Um, I had to apply for the right permits and licences and all mm. the things to do the things. Um but yeah, there's already people doing that now that I'm saying it out loud. I'm like The Baileys have people do it. And they have people volunteer to do it. So why are they going to pay me a fortune to go and do that?
0: <laughs> okay, okay. But whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't get to shoot yourself down in a brainstorm. We, I just have to come up with another idea. I What's my next idea for you? Because we're we're trying to, we should be trying to outdo each other in ridiculousness, really, to win the brainstorm. Oh, okay. I think you could throw a party at the top of Benahy some kind of festival like a rave and you could sell tickets for entry and obviously you'd get to control all the drugs that came into the rave because obviously a decent rave has drugs so you could make a fortune now this could just be a one-off event and might end up <laughs> with you in prison. but hey <laughs> nobody said my ideas had to be legal right next you'll go
1: Yeah. I was off to Thailand in my head there before you started with a wave party on Ben He was like go go off to Thailand.
0: Go to Thailand. Thailand.
1: Yeah, I'm off to Thailand and I'm setting up a lifestyle in Thailand and a retreat over there that people can come over and learn how to live chemical free, learn how to live stress free, learn how to live more free, um, and just get away from the Britishness of Britain. Okay.
0: Like it, right? My go. Okay, I'm gonna say you go in completely the opposite direction, and you get a really, really tedious corporate job of some kind. Right? Just awful. Just like the worst job. But it's but it pays. Okay, whatever this job is. But you're like, do you ever see the movie Fight Club? Yes. But you're like that guy. You're like within the system, looking looking around for things to fuck up, basically. And you're like videoing them. And you're like this. Ghost in the machine—that's like breaking shit—and so you become this like nature agent within big corporate, and so you go into like the biggest corporate you can get a job, and you just fuck shit up. So meanwhile, you're getting paid, and you're getting immense satisfaction from fucking shit up from the inside. <laughs> wow. Admit it, this is my favorite idea so far, right? You'll go, <laughs> <laughs> and you. Oh, and by the way, you get them to pay for an ergonomic desk, and you take a lot of sickers when you when you suddenly have sore bits. So you get lots of sick pay time (laughs) and a really fancy office desk. Uh Nice. You'll go. (laughs) I'm just looking
1: at a tree in my garden thinking, I'm just going to hollow out that tree and go live at the top of it. And like, have no bills, have no, have nothing, no, nothing depending on me. And, uh, being able to just come down the tree when I feel like it. I know <laughs> that's the first thing I came in head is I looked out at the tree in my garden.
0: I love um, it. So, no, no, but I love it. I'm going to build on your idea. I'm going to say that you live in a tree for a month in your own back garden, but, just to report on, was it like to live in a tree for a month? I am trying to live the most harmonious with nature I can. I'm literally living in a tree, or I'm sleeping in the tree. Like you could make it halfway, couldn't you? You could say, "Yeah, okay, I'm still operating in the real world. I'm running a business, blah blah,", blah but I am literally sleeping in a tree. I'm taking August and I'm sleeping in this tree. Is it doable? Kind of fun. <laughs> I think people might, but <laughs> tune in to see you fall out of the fucking tree in the night like it's a bit it's pretty cookie I love it that, that's that's up there that's nearly up there with my naked barbering I don't know if you beat it yet though. I think you started quite
1: strong with a naked barber, if I'm honest yeah I was a
0: bit rough I was a bit rough on you and anyway I know the rules of the game because it's my game <laughs>
1: Hey, actually, or, when I was a barber, it was suggested by some men sometimes that naked barbering is a thing in some countries. I'm like, well, that's fine. You go find that naked barber in that country because it won't be in my shop.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, to be, to be fair to my idea, it was that everyone had to be naked, including the punters. So it would be like a, I was thinking more a hippie vibe, not a sex shop vibe. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. like a back to nature vibe. But yeah, I, I yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I can only imagine the kind of dodgers that would say shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll wrap up the. Uh, the brainstorm there but is there anything you would take from the brainstorm potentially
1: yeah i mean just the last bit we spoke about there i mean obviously living in a tree i don't have a big enough tree to be able to create something to live in but um it's back to the off-grid thing it's like how can we it's like i feel we're very much consumerism right now we're very much down that road of struggle and stress and consumerism and how to get people to switch off from all the trappings and the conditioning and the tv and the news and the stuff that gets them sucked into all that stuff because i don't watch news don't read papers don't connect pretty much with any of what's going on in the world and it doesn't bother me that i don't know what's happening in the world i actually feel a lot freer for for that um the corporate stuff like even just going into corporate stuff. I know you were saying, obviously, fuck things up. But I was thinking, well, actually, while you were saying that, I thought I could go into corporate because I've done one corporate workshop and helped corporate, like, add more wellness into their day and stuff. But I've got a bit of resistance to corporate stuff as well because it's, it's never been my world. It's never been in my life. So it's back to that nature scene. It's definitely nature-based. Everything I want to do is based about nature and rhythms and living
0: in a So tenis? hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you here. I need to push back on something or at least learn more about something. Have you? Delivered any kind of workshop into corporates. Once. you don't have to tell me the name of the company. What kind of company? Like an energy business, or what? What type of company was it?
1: Um, a trade business. It's a small company of nine people, um, and it was so well received. They've actually asked me to come back.
0: So you've got testimonials and things, or you could get testimonials. And yes. did you get paid? Did you get paid to do it? Yes, I did. All right. So with, <laughs> this is fascinating, right? So you've got. What was the word you used? You've got like this aversion to corporates, basically. And so, what was it? You, what was it you said that you? What was your use of words? Remind me what you said about it.
1: Uh, An aversion uh,
0: to? No, what did you say?
1: Ah, uh, but resistance. No
0: resistance.
1: <laughs> the resistance. I've got resistance around corporate for some reason. I think.
0: Yeah. So, what if your resistance to corporate is not serving you? Mm Mhm. Yeah. And you know else? You know else? It might not be serving is the poor fuckers that work in corporate
1: who need my help.
0: Fuck yeah! I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many people that I run into that are in companies of various sizes that wish they could spend more time in nature. I, I saw this morning, right? I was on my way to the gym quarter seven, and uh, like obviously, I get to control where I work. I can be on a boat. I can be. I could be up a tree probably as long as there's some 4 or 5G there. I could work up a tree. I can work wherever I want. And I was going to the gym and there were these people zooming in the doors of whatever energy business is near my gym. I just thought, bloody hell, they're going into that and they're going to be there till 5, 6 o'clock and they can't really leave. I mean, maybe they can. I'm, I'm sort of imagining that, but it gave me a sinking feeling on their behalf. Now, they're probably sitting there with a £2 million pension pot thinking, yeah, yeah, sucker you know, I love it here. Okay, great. But I don't know. I mean, in my experience, plenty of them would rather be out and about doing something nature-based and they feel slaves to the system to some degree. Yeah. But yeah, what if your resistance to corporate is not serving you?
1: Mm. Yeah, because the actual session went so well. I actually came out buzzing as did the participants and What I charged for it was more than I would normally have charged for anything I've done. And it was almost like easy money. I walked out thinking, that was so easy. That was actually good. And then I didn't follow it up. Luckily, they followed me up just recently and said, you know, we would like you to come back and do something else. Maybe even an outside nature walk or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do that. Um, Yeah.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to rain on your parade a bit and say, well, maybe it'll be raining when you put it. So when I'm in coach mode, I'll typically something will occur at me at some point in the session. Sometimes it's super structured. Like if we're working on a pitch or a presentation, I'll often bring more structure. But in this sort of, this is a bit of a more freestyle session. However, when I have a suggestion, I'm not attached to it. So feel free to negotiate or just tell me to F off if you don't want to do it. But I would strongly suggest that you get together that case study that you've got along with whatever testimonials and just the fact they've asked you to come back in and do it as a testimonial. And I would suggest you start talking about that on your socials, maybe even be honest and say, I have a bit of resistance to corporate because I wouldn't want to work there myself. However, I'd love to serve the people that are there. Like I feel that you could be honest with some of the messaging and see how that goes down. I don't know, but I would strongly, I have a very strong feeling. Yeah. That's that. That that would be an action that's going to pay dividends for you because if you've got people coming back to you asking you to do more after you did a company gig, I mean, they're not going to they're not going to handcuff you to a desk and say right now you're going to have to work. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You're not
1: like, getting away.
0: <laughs> might just pay you, and you might just have a great time and be buzzing and do I don't know one a week or something. I have no idea how it might work out.
1: Yeah, I know. I think I always, the resistance comes from, they're not my ideal client. They're not my target market because they're not open to know how to do the stuff. But actually all the evidence suggests that that's, I'm speaking absolute bollocks because they were all (laughs) so reset and so enjoyed it. In fact, a lady came up to me at a market. I was doing a stall at and she said, I was part of that company that you came in and spoke to. It's amazing. We've all been talking about it since you left. The boss has taken action of some of the things that you helped with and um, it's really changed everyone in the company and we want to get you back. And I'm like, oh, okay. And here was me thinking that, you know, they're not going to care. It's just another lunch and learn that people are going to be sitting going boring. When in fact, they were all very engaged, very interested and really hoping to change things around. And it, yeah.
0: I think our work here is done. I, I mean, I think that, <laughs> that naked barbering might have to wait. And yeah. I'm I suggest that you try i don't know what the i don't know who you know within companies that might be at the right level but i would literally be looking for you to build a really simple like two paragraph case study of what of what that company asked you to do what you did and what they said about it and then go to your contacts in whatever businesses you've got and you should have a load and just say did this thing recently i don't know if it would be of interest to someone in your company if it was who would i speak to They're really buzzing about it. I'm really buzzing about it. What do you think, type of feel? And just see what happens. What's the worst case scenario? You spent one more hour in front of your computer screen that you were going to be doing anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of a resistance because there's a bit of a snobbery around the wellness industry of like it's separate from corporate. And if you go into corporate, you've kind of like sold out almost. It's like I don't know where I got that from. But
0: there's... well, let me get this straight. So you're selling out if you want to go and help the poor, bloody, uh, caged rats in the in the corporation. Yeah, if you want to help free the poor caged rats, that's you selling out. That'd be like an animal rights person saying you are selling out if you want to go free the flipping battery chickens. To me, <laughs> I, I just genuinely I don't get that. I
1: know it's amazing uh, what we pick up as life moves on and the things that we little nuggets that stick in our brain that we think, hold on, where on earth did that come from? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's hard to know until you test it, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people are people, so some aren't going to be receptive, but how do we know until we until we work with them? No. I'm just reflecting on my own. I mean, I, I do, I'll be honest, I have a bit of an aversion to large corporates, but it's more because it's clunky as hell, the whole procurement piece. So like, that's the bit that kind of puts me off. Cause if it's just about financials, yeah. Who wouldn't want 1600, 200, no, two and a half grand a day, whatever the corporate numbers you can achieve, depending on what you're offering for workshops, etc. But yeah, procurement, super clunky in my experience, that can be a real put off. But other than that, it doesn't sound like, I mean, that comp- first company you mentioned doesn't sound huge anyway. So they're unlikely to be clunky. The worst I've ever had have been two of the, super majors like shell general electric companies hellish to deal with but the kind of medium-sized companies i find you know nice well there'll be plenty of nice people and there's big companies but nice people and procurement's usually pretty simple often they'll even pay like half up front or or whatever you know because they're so committed to whatever the thing is you're bringing in yeah i've had a good experience
1: yeah, and sure. the thing is, they would what, not, the productivity of, of the staff would change so much because they would have all these wellness ideas and stuff to help them actually work more productively because they'll be feeling better.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly think our session's done for just now. I, I would like to know what you're what you're actually going to try and when by.
1: Yeah, I, I so would follow. Actually, with this company, because the thread kind of slightly dissipated over the last week and I haven't heard from them again. So I probably need to say, you know, hey, still here, kind of what what do we do? And then maybe say, can I get in writing something in the form of a testimonial type thing of, you know, what's changed? What what did I bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sit and think, what's my fear? What's my fear around? the corporate stuff and like really sit with that and think what what pulls what holds me back because it does still even the thought of it now I think oh I think the bigger the company the more fear I would have of being in front of a lot of people because as a barber people think you're the most confident person in the planet but actually barbers are good one-to-one they're not good in groups as far as I'm aware all my barber and friends were super used to be super shy and not very confident um that has changed over the years but yeah
0: so how many how many people did you deal with at that company? How many people actually came to your lunch and learn or your talk? Nine. Okay. So what you do is when you approach these bigger companies, you say I do workshops up to 10 people. X. Mm. That's end of story. You don't never deal with more than 9 or 10 people at a time.
1: Yeah.
0: Your nice. workshop, you do what you, you set the parameters of it.
1: Yeah, that's, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I just imagine about thirty people all cramming into a room, looking at me, and me freezing up and going. <sighs> <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way.
0: No, just say it, it works best up to up to ten people, assuming you get a bite from one of these organisations, which I suspect you will. If you've had a bite from this business and they enjoyed it, why wouldn't why wouldn't other businesses be looking for something interesting like that? I honestly, I think you might get a really positive shock as to how open people are to it. But I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think so but i want to know if you're going to test it because i would advise i don't advise people usually i'm going to strongly advise you against sitting with it to see what your your aversion to it is because that (laughs) just is what it is but that's not going to move you from where you are now why not why not try running 10 of these for companies and taking the money and then see what your aversion is like then and then then you've been fair then you've been fair and you've tested Mm and then you the aversion to corporate that you still have if you still have it after 10 workshops and you can go you know what yeah that wasn't for me i'm not going to do any more corporate workshops mm-hmm. but at the moment i don't mean to be offensive but you're operating on a set of assumptions and i'm i don't know if your assumptions are right i mean i don't know either but you are mm-hmm. operating on assumptions.
1: yeah that's true and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every day hoping for different results <laughs> and i say it every day Doing the same thing, hoping for a different, fucking results. <laughs> and it's not happening.
0: Blown away that you've had this successful workshop. I mean, that's amazing because that's, I mean, it's a sign from the universe to me that it's worth a test, at least. I I, I can't know, and you can't know if it'll work, work, it and how receptive other companies will be because one might just be a one off. You could, yeah, sure. There's no statistical validity in one. Yeah. But 10 or 100 or However, many you manage to run as a test. Yep. And if you want to do a run through of whatever material you're going to be delivering as a confidence booster before you go to one of these bigger businesses, give me a shout. I'll easily do a run through with you. That is one of my (laughs) spots, helping people with that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, thank you. I will.
0: So we're going to wrap up and you're going to leave the hippie hut. (laughs) Thoughts for me before you leave? (laughs) Fire whatever you like at me. What comes into your head?
1: Just thank you to for holding the space and, you know, making it fun because it was fun. And also holding me accountable because that's, I mean, I know that's the point of a coach. That's what we do as a coach. But it's, it was uh, listening to, kind of reading between the lines of what I was saying. And the throwing ridiculous ideas out there is actually really, really helpful because, I've never really done that before. I've never seen it done. I've never done it. And I find that actually really quite helpful.
0: Cool. Thank you, Nicola. Appreciate your openness to challenge and to make the effort to come to the Hippie Hut today. I will see you on the other side.
1: Thank you for helping me. See you on the other side.